Welcome to the Boosted Volunteer Podcast. We share the stories of dedicated Booster Club volunteers and the tools and strategies they use to run successful booster clubs. We also have sought out experts on fundraising, volunteer management, and running nonprofits to share best practices. Hosted by Robin Eisler and Evan Eisler, you won't want to miss these great episodes that will help you run your booster club like a champ. Welcome to the Boosted Volunteer. Today we're talking to Haim Aryev, who is the founder and CEO of Glossy Finish, an award-winning photography company that combines amateur sports and professional photography. If you've been to the AAU Volleyball Nationals or the Ripken Baseball facilities, you've seen Haim and his team out there taking pictures. He founded the company in 2006 It's grown like crazy since then, and he has just a special place in his heart for youth sports photography. So today we're going to learn all about that, Jaime, and and some of the things that booster clubs can do to leverage photography and take advantage of it. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Robin. Well, tell us a little bit about Glossy Finish. So you've got, uh, you do specific photography, but then you also help quite a thousands of amateur photographers. We do. We do. So Glossy Finish was actually founded in 2006, and it kind of came out of, a, I don't want to say a need, but a desire to up-level the youth photography market. So I had kids playing sports. I was coaching, you know, taking pictures as a dad with a camera. And I realized that there just wasn't a lot of good, you know, professional photography at the youth level, especially trying to deliver on site. What I mean by that is instant gratification. So I founded Glossy Finish back in 2006 as really a company that allows professional photographers, professional photography at the youth sports level. And the difference that we brought to the industry was that we were able to deliver our images on site, meaning families could come, they could interact with our photos you know, via laptops that we had on site. You know, we ended up building a mobile photo trailer where they could come in and and view their photos, and we would print everything, and it just grew and grew and grew. And then around 2013, I was approached by LifeTouch, which you may know, it's a you know it's a large school photography company. They acquired us, and we became part of LifeTouch, and that was just a great experience for us because we were able to learn so much about how to negotiate deals and how to win you contracts and things like that. And, you know, the Glossy grew within LifeTouch. But then LifeTouch around 2016, 17 started having its own challenges in the school photography side. You know, the, the head, shoulders, photos, as they mm-hmm. call it. And they were going to shut down the sports division, which myself and Glossy were a part of. Glossy Finish were a part of. So they offered, basically, for us to buy the company back. So my business partner, Matt Weiner, who's my partner and our CTO, Bought the company back in November of 2017, and we've grown it, you know, leaps and bounds since 2017. Obviously, with the exception of COVID, 2020, we had, you know, year-over-year growth, and now finishing up 2023, we're going to have our best year ever. So that's a quick story of Glossy Finish, but in that time frame, we photographed hundreds of thousands of athletes for families and, you know, creating memories for them to have forever. So with the introduction or I shouldn't say the introduction, but the popularity of Facebook and Instagram and all of that. I mean, having phenomenal pictures of your kids doing their favorite activity. 
that had to fuel your business. But at the same time, like you're managing some of the copyright stuff and, and, you know, the intricacies of that. How does that impact things? It, it impact a lot of, we've seen a lot of change, you know, obviously when Apple introduces a new iPhone or, you know, Samsung introduces a new Android phone, the cameras keep getting better and better. We, you know, we see that a lot of times, you know, what they can capture with their camera phones, with their cell phones is good enough. You know, and I use the air quotes, you know, good enough, meaning that that's all they want is they want that instant gratification. They take the picture through the backstop. And posted on Facebook that they're at this at this baseball tournament or football tournament, wherever they might be. And a lot of people, you know, enjoy that. And you know, kudos to them. They they get images that are good enough. What we found is that we focus our attention on the families that really want photography. So we pivoted our business model about 12, 13 years ago, and we only photograph families who put down a deposit or prepay us for a digital photo package. And that means, think of it like a Disney photo pass. You pay your money, we go out, we send our photographers to one or two games, we capture as many images as we can, and we then deliver those photos to the families, you know, to their phones, to their computers, that they can now own the rights or at least own the, you know, the personal license right to do whatever they want with the photos. And that model Really, when we pivoted to that, kind of became a hockey stick for us. You know, using the business term hockey stick became really successful because we found that we weren't wasting a lot of labor, a lot of time photographing brands of kids whose families had no desire to purchase any photos. So the prepaid model in the working in the youth sports market really took off for us. The other thing that's important is we view photography as a service, not as a product. So we get compensated for our time and then we deliver photos. I think too many photographers value how an image is presented, the final product to a family, as opposed to the time it took to create that product. We flipped that on its, on its head and said, let's get paid for our time, let's get paid for the service, and then we can give the families all the images that we captured while we're photographing for them. And there was a lot of pushback, and there's still it. A lot of photographers say, well, you know, for X number of dollars, I'm going to come out and photograph the game, and then for X number of dollars, I'm going to sell you X number of images. And it becomes very, very, very convoluted, very discombobulated for, for parents to kind of think through the pricing guide and menu, you know, of products. We said, hold on, let's do a set price, get paid for that, and then we photograph and give them all the images that we capture. And that's worked for us incredible. Right now, we average about fourteen to 15,000 athletes a year that we photograph exclusively. That's awesome. So just um, take a step back for a second. So with Glossy yeah. Finish, you do these big tournaments and you do mass photography and all of that. But you also mentor and help local photographers deliver their images in the same way. Correct. So what we do is, you know, we've been very fortunate and, you know, I don't want to say we've been blessed, but we've been very fortunate to build a very successful company. And Matt, Matt Weiner, my business partner and I, a few years ago said, you know, how can we give back to the industry? So what we did, you know, over the years, you know, like you, we built our own technology staff Mm -hmm. and we use our own technology to deliver our photos, you know, track the players and assign the photographers and all that. We took a a sliver of our technology and created a community called GF Crew. And what GF Crew is, it's a process, it's a community, it's a process, 
And it's an app that allows photographers to go out, find their customers, register them, get paid, and then deliver everything in one very cohesive ecosystem. And that's grown. We've been at that. We started GF Crew about three and a half, four years ago. And now we have a Facebook community that's about 6,100, 60, 6,200 members. And quite a few of them are using the process and the app on a, you know, on a, on a weekly basis. And a lot of them are high school you know, photographers that go out and photograph you know, the, the freshman or the JV or the varsity sports at different high schools around the country. And because the community is so large, we have photographers in, I think, 48 of the 50 states right now. So that's it's been really, really great. That's awesome. You know, in our local community, we've had a few people who are, you know, great photographers and they go to a lot of the events, but then you're almost, you know, you're afraid that you ask them to use their images. You're afraid to say, hey, can you shoot my kid? You know, <laughs> can you get some good pictures of my daughter? So I think it's a great exactly. model. Great model. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. And, you know, what, what the, the hardest part, Robin, about GF Crew was, was getting photographers to believe in the process. And we got them to believe, or we got those that wanted to believe, because we shared the success that we have at the glossy finish level, mm-hmm. showing them the growth, talking about price points, strategies, you know, marketing strategies, promotional strategies, how we deliver, how many images should be delivered, all that. And those that have really embraced GF Crew, the, the process and the app, you know, it's a great side hustle for a lot of photographers. And we're also finding that a lot of wedding photographers and a lot of portrait photographers are signing up for GF Crew because they want to fill in their calendar with events that they normally wouldn't be doing. They want to fill it up with uh, with sporting events. And a lot of them are, are great photographers that are now able to monetize the action work that they do. Very cool. You always talk about, or we've worked a little bit together, so you always talk about, you know, capturing the experience and talk a little bit about how images impact the memory of an event. Yeah, we like to say, we joke internally, it's like, we don't talk about pictures, we don't talk about images, we talk about photos, because you can charge more for a photo than you can for a picture. <laughs> Anybody can take a picture, but it's, it's hard to make a photo. <laughs> but what, what, we, what we believe in is, you know, listen, we've got a lot of tournaments, and you know, we, we see the t-shirt vendor at every tournament we go to. And I'm always thinking to myself, it's like, you know, man, everybody's buying those t-shirts and they look great, you know, tonight, tomorrow, when everybody's out to dinner. But that kid's going to outgrow that t-shirt in, you know, in six months to a year. Whereas the photos that we create, you know, you may outgrow a t-shirt, but you're not going to outlive a photo. Yeah. And, you know, we, we have found you know, the term that everybody is hearing, the experience economy, right? It's people, instead of giving gifts, you go out and you do experiences. You take your family, you know, on vacations, you go to amusement parks, et cetera, et cetera. With photography, we like to also be part of that experience economy because now we're capturing what those athletes, what those families were doing during that time frame of that child's youth. And that's been really great. And because we focus our attention on just the families who want the photos and don't do these random these random photos, we can really give them a better product, a better service, and they will pay a premium for that. So it's work all around. It works for the customers, and it also works for us as a business model. So you're obviously a very experienced and great photographer. You know, a lot of our listeners are 
volunteers running a booster club and all of a sudden they're thrown, they're thrown into marketing, they're thrown into sales, they're thrown in, how do I, you know, capture emotion to get people to do things? So, you know, let's just take it down to basics. So you're, you're designing a website and you've got to pick out the image that's going to be the main image on that website. What directions do you go and what are you looking for? And, and we get these crazy websites where everyone wants a picture of every kid in the program on the homepage. And I'm like, oh no, don't do that. Exactly. No, that, that, that's right. And, you know, kudos to the volunteers that are doing it. You know, photography at the professional level, it, it's hard. You know, photography even at a hobby level is hard, but there are a lot of hobbyists out there that are creating some amazing imagery. So what I tell people that are starting out or that want to use photography for, you know, for websites, for marketing, is look at images that speak to you. And it doesn't have to be peak action. A lot of times a great sports image is just, just a portrait of a player and his coach, you know, a player and a parent after the game, you know, a parent, uh, in cel- you know, a parent celebrating, you know, in the stands. Those are the type of photos that make great covers for, you know, for Facebook or for websites. It doesn't have to be that ball coming off the bat, the soccer ball leaving the foot. Yeah, those are great shots and everybody gets those occasionally, but they don't have to be the, you know, the hero shots. A lot of times the hero shots are as simple as the ones I described, just showing the emotion of the game. And that's what people are drawn to. And you know, you look at magazines, you know, when, when Sports Illustrated was a printed edition, I would look through that magazine religiously just to see like what the editors are, are choosing for the covers or choosing for the spreads. And a lot of times it's not peak action. It's the emotional part of sports. And those make great, great images. And shoot horizontal. If you're shooting, you know, if you're photographing for, you know, for a website, shoot horizontal because then you have that whole entire uh, image to basically spread across the page. If you're photographing for an individual athlete like we do, 95% of our work is, is vertical. Vertical. So you really, you know, you, you look at those little nuances, photographing horizontally, photographing vertically, it changes everything when you're looking at the photos uh, and how you can use them later on. Yeah, it's definitely, you got to think of where you're going to use it, you know, because trying to, you can't really very well put a vertical photo on a, on a, <laughs> That's the landing page image on a on a website. How, exactly. What are some of the ways that you might suggest that a booster club can leverage photography? You know, if you're working with a local photographer or a big company, what are some of the th- things and products that the booster club could uh, sell or participate in to you know take advantage of this situation where they've got all these kids doing this activity, the parents that want memories, and and how can the booster club participate in that? Absolutely. Photography, I've always viewed photography as a great fundraiser for booster clubs. You know, as we know, we are, we're based in Florida. We had a contract for a number of years with the Florida High School Athletic Association. So we photographed all their championship events for about four years. And then, you know, we, felt we changed our, we pivoted our business model and, and didn't focus on the high school model. We went to the youth model. But at the high school level, the booster clubs can definitely use photography as a fundraiser by creating banners. A lot of times what I've seen photographers do is they'll photograph what they, what they call the T&I or team and individual photos. A lot of times it's action and they'll create these banners that they'll you know print on vinyl that are like three by four feet or two by three feet. And they'll get sponsors from the local community to basically put their logos on all the banners. And then they print up you know, all the senior banners for all the, you know, all the senior athletes, you know, senior students. 
and they'll be able to raise money by those local restaurants and local establishments basically sponsoring the banners. And all the money is basically profited, profit for the booster club. And then the, at the end of the season, the players get to keep their banners as a, as a keepsake for their year. Times we see photographers creating photo books. And the photo books are basically it's an end of season book with the highlights of the season. And they'll do short limited runs, you know, via Shutterfly or Blurb or some of these book uh, publishers. And they'll be able to sell those books to the community as, again, a fundraiser for that sport. So photography can definitely be leveraged by booster clubs on a number of levels, a number, a number of different things to, to raise money for the, for the sport. And the other thing that, you know, that I'll, I'll just point out is booster clubs really kind of run the roost at the high schools. You know, a lot of times the athletic directors, they punt, you know, their, their photography making decisions to the booster clubs because they want them to obviously be happy, use the photography as a tool to fundraise. So the booster club should be looking for local photographers that want to work with them and give them a percentage of their profits back to the booster club or allow them to use their photos, you know, for the books, for the banners, and the things that I mentioned. So it's really a, a, it's a win-win when you find the right photographer and the right booster club with the right ambition. So if a local club, booster club, doesn't currently have a photographer, what's it, where can they go to get started? Do you have any resources through your yeah, program? Or, or Yeah. You know, absolutely. A lot of times, you know, we tell booster clubs, listen, we have a community on Facebook, you know, like I mentioned, it's about 6,100 photographers strong all over the country. You know, join GF Crew. Yeah, the name of the group is GF Crew, making money with sports photography. Come to the group, post in the group, you know, what you're looking for, and chances are you're going to find a local photographer in your community that would be interested in working with you. So it's really a way for photographers to and, and, and booster clubs and parents to work together on making um, making photography a fundraiser for the you know for the sport and for the school. Yeah, I'm part of your group, and I see on there a lot. I'm looking for a photographer in Fort Lauderdale or outside of okay. Dallas, and you get so many. You have so many people around the country. People pop up very quickly. Um, it's amazing. And another idea for the boosters is, you know, if there's, if there's still a local paper, you know, if those still exist, Robin, you know, remember the newspapers <laughs> that would be tossed at your doorstep. If they still, you find a local sports photographer, you know, that covers the sports for the schools and you ask, you know, him or her, because they'd be interested in working, you know, with the booster club on different projects and different sports. And chances are, you know, they'd like to find a, a win-win situation for them that they can make some money by photographing when they're not, you know, photographing for the newspaper. So it's a, it's a good way. You know, again, photography, I think, is a great resource for booster clubs to make money. I like the wedding photographer idea because they're opposite schedules, right? They're usually working on the weekends, not during the week. So that would be a great way to... Wedding photographers, portrait photographers, there's a lot of a lot of talented people out there that are, you know, spreading their photo leagues because they want to fill in that calendar attention. We talked just a little bit when we started about use or sharing and copyright and all of that. I I know it's kind of a touchy subject. Suggestions on that and how to do it right and how not to. Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously respect copyright. You know, the artist, the creator owns the copyright. But make sure you get a signed agreement. It's It's a simple one pager. You know, they're all over the internet. You can find a photo release. And just make sure that the booster club and the photographer are on the same page, literally, and making sure that the photos captured can be used, you know, on the banners, in the photo book, in the yearbook, and things like that. 
And as long as you can make it a win-win for the boosters and the photographers, and the photographer would consider winning if they get paid, you know, for capturing the images from the families, mm-hmm. and then they can give the images to the booster club uh, for no additional cost. For the boosters can use the money to make money. The boosters can use the images to make money as a fundraiser, and that's really it. I mean, you don't want to get into the whole thing of you know the copyright. Not, again, I understand copyright law intimately. I used to run a stock photo agency, so I know all about you know rights managed or royalty free images. But I also know that in this world, you need to simplify things. And when it comes to photography, there's a lot of very simple agreements that basically say that the photos captured are owned by the photographer, but they can be used by the boosters for this, this, or that. And, you know, keep it simple. I'm, I'm a big believer in the KISS, K-I-S-S strategy. Keep it simple, stupid. That's right. So in it just, keep it super simple. Super, super simple, right? Let's use that yeah. one. <laughs> So GF Crew on Facebook, I know that's a, a super active group. Any yes, any yes. general suggestions on photography groups on social media that booster clubs might want to follow or connect yeah, with? Yeah, absolutely. No, that, that's, that's a great question. So there are two groups I actually follow as well. One of them is called a Sports Photography for Parents. Okay. It's really parents that cover their own, you know, children's sports. They want to get advice on, you know, camera settings, lenses, you know, what manufacturer they should be, you know, considering, what camera bodies are the best, etc. So that's called a Sports Photography for Parents. And another one that's very active is called All Sports Action Photography. And that's, uh, it's more leans towards the professional but there's a lot of amateurs, a lot of hobbies on there that are posting images along with all the camera settings and things that then other photographers can comment and give you know creative and constructive criticism on, on different photos. And those two groups are, are highly active. And again, I'm a member of both of them. And I would, I would recommend that anybody interested in photography would uh, be able to do that. Awesome. That's that's super, super great feedback. It's always hard. You know, you're not in any of those groups and you don't know they exist. Then all of a sudden you find them and you're like, there's a whole world here that I didn't even know about. Exactly. Exactly. So you've been you've been behind the lens at a lot of events and a lot of seen a lot of things. What's what's the craziest thing you've seen, you know, at a a youth sporting event or high school events? What's the craziest? You know, there's there's a lot of great athletes out there, and you know, there's a lot of there's millions and millions of image, images captured on you know on a daily basis, you know, on a weekly basis. I would say, you know, some of the stuff that we see, you know, these amazing catches, these amazing moments, you know, jubilation, you know, the jube shots as they call them after a home run is hit, you know, all the all the team, you know, running out to the plate and hugging the player, walk off home runs, you know, game winning touchdowns, but. You know, we've seen some crazy stuff. We've seen kids, you know, plowing the fences. We've seen, you know, catchers, you know, flipping over backwards trying to make a catch. Football players leaping over, you know, defenders. And just just a lot of great stuff out there. And, you know, it's not all going to make ESPN's top 10, but it is going to make a great memory for the families that are, you know, that are purchasing those photos yeah. for their, uh, for their, you know, as keepsakes. Okay, so this, this is, wasn't on our question list, but... You photograph these giant events like AAU volleyball. Yeah. What's that like with that many people, that many kids, that many photos? What? Just give us a peek inside that. It's here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's controlled games. So AAU volleyball, we used to do this tournament. We still do this tournament called AYM, American Youth Football. We're actually going to be doing it in about a week or so. 
American Youth Football was huge. It was like 200 football teams, and then we did 250 cheer teams, a nine-day event. And then we got a call from AAU, and they said, we'd like you to do our national volleyball tournament. I'm thinking, okay, there might be you know, 200, 300 teams. 6,000 teams, 70,000 athletes over the course of three weeks held in a convention center with 152 volleyball courts. Talk about a logistical, I don't want to say nightmare, but just sheer logistics. We had a staff on a daily basis of upwards of 30 people. Half of them were photographers. Some were sales. Some were graphics. Just organizing and controlling, you know, where our staff was, what customers were signing up for photos, where to send them. We literally made a heat map of the entire convention floor with all the courts and we assigned zones to each photographer. So when families signed up for photos, they would be assigned to a specific photographer who was already photographing in that zone of upwards of like 10 to 15 courts. It's the only way we would be able to control it. I mean, it's so loud in there. There's so many whistles blowing. There's so many people yelling. I call it whistle great... whistle hell. I'm a volleyball mom, oh, so I call hell. it whistle oh, hell. Yeah, whistle hell. <laughs> That's a great way. I'm going like, to steal that term and say you guys are a whistle hell. Yeah. We've got all of our photographers' earpieces into their radios so they could hear the radio calls of where their next assignments were. But that was, it was about three weeks, you know, 18-hour days, I mean, kudos to our team that that ran that event, and we've already and because of the success that we had, they've already asked us to come back for 2024 and, and do the event again. It's going to be bigger this year. It's going to be close to 7,000 teams and about 85,000 athletes. Instead of three weeks, it's going to be four weeks now. So, wow, that's the biggest event we, we've done today. You have to. You have to have been to AAU to appreciate it. I, uh, I'm proud to yeah. say my daughter's team won third place one year. So we, they, awesome. it awesome. was the most awesome experience of all of her sports. And uh, and I think they played four or four and a half days the way their schedule worked out. They and do. and you're, I you're mean, absolutely right. So they have the wave. Yeah. Mean, they the wave. They have the AM wave. The PM yeah. Wave. And volleyball was new to us. We we honestly never really photographed a large-scale volleyball tournament. We did some smaller local ones, you know, in the Jacksonville area, just to kind of see how it was and, you know, did okay with them. But then when AAU came calling and we and we did this, you know, we had to learn the lingo, we had to learn the process, how, you know, substitutions come in and out, how many, you know, you know, what the heck is a libero? You know, it's like... <laughs> we, that's all new to me. You're talking about a guy who knows baseball, softball, and football pretty intimately. Yeah. And all of a sudden, now we're photographing volleyball for profit. Yes, a third bird out. Love it. I love it. Well, it was it was fun to follow you guys this summer while you did it. I, I really enjoyed yeah. it. So. Thanks. Thanks. Well, uh, and then I really got into photography because my kids, you know, as I mentioned early on, and, you know, in this conversation, my kids played sports, and I just saw the the need, you know, the need and the want for photography at the youth level. And so they kind of inspired me to to change my, my photography business from being a fashion beauty photographer and then running a stock photo agency into the youth sports. I love it. And it's funny how there's always a connection back to what you did in high school a little bit that kind of grows out to what you do today. So I love those connections. That's great. 
Well, Heim, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for what you do with Glossy Finish and GF Crew. It's a great resource out there for photography. And we'll definitely be sending our Booster Club folks to your groups so that they can find some local photographers to uh, use as partners in their in their club. Well, thank you for thinking about us. Thank you for uh, allowing us the opportunity to tell you the story about Glossy Finish and GF Crew. And, and please, you know, have, have the boosters join us. The community is, is not just photographers. The community needs to be others that want photography. And that's a great opportunity for people to get together and, and make money together. So thank you, Robin. I appreciate it very much. I love it. Thank you so much. The Boosted Volunteer is brought to you by Booster Hub. To find out more about Booster Hub and how our app can help you improve communications, increase engagement, raise more money, and manage your Booster Club responsibly, visit www.boosterhub.com. And then make sure to search for Booster Club Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Booster Hub, thanks for listening.